With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm your only pod. I'm not your only pod. But I'm a little casting pod. But really, I'm not actually your pod. But I am. Little David with the buttons by the mic stand. Who's talking over you? Make a little podcast in your soul. Plug the microphones in their socket. Say I'm the only feed in your pocket. Make a little podcast in your soul. Hello, everybody, everybody. You're listening to Come On Pods, a Homestar Runner podcast, where we're going through every Homestar Runner cartoon in release order. My name is Michael Hunter, and you're probably wondering, wait a minute. Where's David? Where, where have you guys been this last year? What, what is going on? Well, I could get into that here, but if you want to follow our social media pages, or if you're already in our Discord, we have a pretty big update that we did a few months ago regarding everything that's been going on behind the scenes over at Pipe Dream Podcast, and I highly recommend you read that. I will say that, yes, David Spencer is taking a podcast sabbatical for an indefinite amount of time, but he wanted us to carry the show on without him. So we hope that he comes back to us one day soon. But until then, we are going to have a rotating cast of guest hosts. Some fan favorites, some new, and they will be sitting as my co-pilot. And the first of which is none other than the Imagineer in the armchair. The D with the list. The Doggins you can riff with. It's David Ganzel. I am honored to be here as a substitute, David. I have a big podcasting shoes to fill here. I just hope I live up to everyone's expectations for me as substitute David right now. I mean, we we, we all kind of thought like, well, David's are kind of interchangeable, right? We could just, just, it's like a tire. We could just swap about. I think on one of my first appearances, uh, I did mention the idea of the collective David uh, consisting of all the many Daves. And uh, I am just another member of the Dave Hive Mind coming in to uh, fill David's shoes right now. And we are very excited to have you here, especially just christening the co-pilot position here. So thank you so much for coming back to the show, David. Prior to our last massive hiatus, uh, you have actually been on the show for five episodes. And this makes episode six. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, so that means that you're currently tied with Kyle Carroza and Lindsay Smith. How do you feel about that, David? Well, uh, I can't imagine that... uh this will ever lead to any sort of rivalry or anything in a Steve Martin, Alec Baldwin style. So, yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, good, good, David. Just relish in this moment. Relish in it. 
because in the next three seconds, I'm going to introduce the episode's other special guests, Kyle Carosa and Lindsay Smith. Hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Who's Alec Baldwin? Am I Alec Baldwin? Uh, you know, I would not wish being Baldwin on either of us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for coming back to the show. We, of course, love to have you on. Our first guest returning from the big hiatus. So, of course, we, we love having to keep that tradition going, it seems, actually. We, we did this before, haven't we? We got to stop meeting like this. <laughs> stop having hiatuses. Start having low-atuses, okay? That's what, we, that's what we need. Phrasing. Well, as per usual, uh, you three were brought on this particular episode not only because of your love for Homestar Runner, but also because of the greater topic of today's episode, Everyone's favorite pair of Johns that formed a band, They Might Be Giants. Yay! Yay. I've heard of them. Yes. If we're talking (laughs) specifically pairs of Johns who formed a band, (laughs) there are other pairs of Johns I like. There are other Johns who formed bands that I like. But if we're talking pairs of Johns who formed a band, Mm -hmm. you, you can't beat They Might Be Giants. I concur. We got to find at least one other band that is that so they can be super disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it is appropriate because, Michael, last time I saw you in person, we were uh, at a concert that uh, They Might Be Giants happened to be performing. Yeah. At the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, were you guys there too? Yeah. D- we did, were, did we run into you We there? were way in the nosebleeds. Oh, okay. See, I, I didn't know that you guys were there until after the fact, Kyle. Yeah, we were there. That's awesome. Like, we were all just, we were all there enjoying the the amazing show of uh they might be giants opening for the sparks which uh, which was amazing uh can try, check those off my bucket list yeah that was a great oh, so, show it was fantastic my favorite um, was when they might be giants realized they had 20 minutes left to their set and added more songs <laughs> <laughs> well we're, i feel like we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here because like i i feel like we need to talk about our introduction to they might be giants like kyle what introduced you to They Might Be Giants, and how has that affected the work that you do? So uh, I first heard They Might Be Giants when uh, Tiny Toon Adventures in 1991 made uh, music videos for Particle Man and Istanbul, not Constantinople. I, I, I was already interested in music, but that changed everything. Oh, I bet. Because <laughs> I was into like, oh, I like, I like novelty songs. I like old songs. I collect 45 RPM records with people mm. like Elvis on them. But then, but then it's like, oh, this is something new that I completely track with, and it's not exactly comedy music. It's something else. And that completely informed what I did with music from that point on. <laughs> what about you, Lindsay? What, how did you get introduced to They Might Be Giants? By the time that I was conscious and making memories, I was already listening to They Might Be Giants because my parents were big fans of They Might Be Giants. And so they were just kind of already there, you know, when I was a child, like, like I remember in preschool very, being very proud of myself for learning how to sing Birdhouse in Your Soul. So yeah, they've just kind of always been part of my life and have certainly informed my sense of humor and personality of just weird, off-kilter, smart, funny, but not necessarily in a ha-ha way, dark. Um, <laughs> just, just all of those sensibilities uh, are just fully enveloped into my personality, so I never stood a chance. <laughs> you had no choice. You were just born right into it. I love it. Lindsay has me beat by at least part of a year. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's also very perfect that you guys are here because Kyle, Lindsay, in my alphabetized vinyl record collection, TV's Kyle 
follows right next to They Might Be Giants. <laughs> oh. So so the spine is right next to Commodore Touchdown. <laughs> oh. So as soon as when I was like alphabetizing them and putting it in, I was like, oh, this is a match made. I'm very happy to know that, especially considering the spine is one of my favorite They Might, they might Be Giants albums. Same. Absolutely. If, if you are wondering what my top three are, not that anybody asked. <laughs> I'm, I'm asking. What <laughs> are your top three? should <laughs> ask. Okay. There it is. <laughs> Apollo, Apollo 18 is number one. Uh, Glean is two. And then the spine is number three. Very nice. All right, David. What, how did you get introduced to They Might Be Giants? My first exposure was probably also Tiny Toons. Um, I don't remember for certain because it is one of those bands that was just kind of always there, especially in nerdy spaces. And... I, uh, you know, grew up encountering They Might Be Giant songs here or there, uh, theme songs they did for things, you know, Malcolm in the Middle, what have you. So I was well aware of They Might Be Giants by the time they started collaborating with Homestar Runner. But watching them collaborate with Homestar was what personally for me bumped them into, okay, they're officially really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, having always liked everything I heard from them, it was like, oh, and they're also Homestar fans and they're doing stuff with Homestar. Like, that. that's, it's hard to top that. So, so it's like, obviously, the Johns are incredibly prolific. I'm sure there are uh, many songs of theirs I've never even heard, even after listening to most of their albums. <laughs> Um, when people ask me my favorite They Might Be Giants song, it's like, depending on the mood, because, uh, obviously you can't really beat Birdhouse in your soul, but also I do really like experimental film a lot, especially because it hit in a appropriate period in my life. But then also, even just in Homestar collaborations, I really love Tropical Laser Beams, so... (laughs) (laughs) Tropical Laser Beams. They are among the titans of music in general, but especially esoteric, nerdy music. I 100% agree with you. I think what's funny when when you guys are going through like your how did when did you get introduced? I feel like I'm at the tail end of this entire timeline. You have like was born into it, immediately was watching it in the like with in the 90s with Tiny Tunes, and then you have like Homestar Runner early Homestar Runner but also I knew of them prior and me I'm coming right in with Tropical Laser Beams <laughs> because I I can't, I got into Homestar Runner a little late but I definitely got into They Might Be Giants incredibly late and uh, I want to say my first introduction was what we're talking about today if not the puppet jams mm-hmm. and moving forward after that it's like that's when I was like, oh yeah, right, uh, Tiny Tunes. I remember that music video. Oh, Coraline, the the other dad song, or uh, oh, my sister's watching the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. <laughs> like that's them too. So there's a lot of they might be giants that has lingered in my life that I had no idea. Now it's all just come together. Honestly, I'm kind of glad that we did this hiatus when we did because. When when we when I was doing the research for this song, like I I don't think I was quite into they might be giants as I am now. I've had hmm. a long time. My work is work from home, so I can just listen to their albums like on repeat mm. over and over and over again. I I am in the equivalent of the never ending story like depression quicksand, except it's like awesome. <laughs> <laughs> The positive version of Depression Quicksand. Po- yeah. <laughs> Depression Quicksand, by the way, would be a good They Might Be Giants album title. It would. 
Absolutely. Considering they're running out of nouns, and that's when they're having, they haven't used yet. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of one of the interesting things about They Might Be Giants, is they've done so many different kinds of thing that there are mm-hmm. so many different ways that one could get into them. That's kind of the neat thing about like having gone to live shows throughout different parts of their career. You go there now, you have like the people my age, the people a little bit older than me who got into them in the 80s, and then a lot of surprisingly young people who might have gone into them from their children's albums or from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Uh, speaking of which, I consider Hot Dog my sweet revenge on everybody in high school who made fun of me for liking They Might Be Giants and now have children. <laughs> Eat my delicious earworm. <laughs> they, they honestly have like a full comprehensive career as children's musicians separate from their full comprehensive career as grown-up musicians that it's impressive to pull one of those off but both of them is uh mind-blowing yeah (laughs) with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, we're all we all just love. They might be giants here, and uh, mm-hmm. what a tune to talk about uh, with the, with all that love. But for those at home who may not be familiar about what we're talking about today, I do have a little bit of history that kind of leads into it. Some historical set dressing, if you will. Mm-hmm. They might be giants. Flansburg, Linnell were determined to have an ambitious release with their tenth studio album, The Spine on July 5th, 2004, that they released their album in the UK alongside a companion piece EP, The Spine Surfs Alone, which was meant to be for the diehard fans. Side note, that is definitely one of my favorite uh, They Might Be Giants EPs. This EP might have been made because of a good chunk of the songs on the studio album were already in circulation within the TMBG fandom uh, as they were either performed live or in previous years, uh, or they were part of a preceding EP, or they were part of the Dial-A-Song service that they set up, which we've previously talked about on the show. Early on, when they were trying to, you know, find ways to promote themselves in an unusual way, they started the Dial-A-Song service, which was just an answering machine, and they would, like, record songs, and they had to not have any long, sustained notes in them, or else it would think it was a beep. <laughs> oh. And so you'll notice that musically, particularly in, like, their early stuff, that there aren't a whole lot of, like, really held-out notes, because, <laughs> you know... It'll think it's a beep and start recording whoever's listening's message. Oh, wow. Like, you know, as it went on, he find, you know found a different kind of answering machine where, like, it'll just play something and not have somebody leave messages. But for a while, like, you could hear 
you know, in, in different places, like some of the lunatic messages they got left. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, on Miscellaneous oh. Tea, there's track 13, which is, you know, a long exchange between a lady and her friend about the things she just listened to on Dial-A-Song and then just other <laughs> stuff that's on her mind. And that's edited down. <laughs> but yeah, Dial-A-Song, interesting thing. Uh, and, you, you know, it was just a regular phone call. It wasn't to pay call or anything like that, just to call to New York. So you could just call them and hear like a demo of a song. And then, you know, either you would never hear that song again or you'd hear like a polished version on an album on an album later. Or you'd, see, or you'd hear like just the melody in a completely different song <laughs> or just like a chunk of lyrics inserted somewhere else. There's like five different songs called I Palindrome I. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I wonder how many people butt dialed a song. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like that should have been the second uh, album version of like, <laughs> you know, the butt dials. Oh, one thing I will tell you about Spine Surfs Along is that uh, one of the few direct They Might Be Giants references I made in Magiswords came from it. Uh, oh. There was a song called Scullivan on that EP, yes. and there was a character named Scullivan that the great Luke Ski <laughs> plays on Mighty Magiswords. Oh my gosh, you're right! I was wondering, I was like, Scullivan, like, I swear... Oh my god, that is that is awesome. I should have I should have known that, Kyle, because that's one of my favorite <laughs> songs on that EP. Well, if Scullivan was here, he'd be happy that you made it about him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, I guess... Moving on here, uh, some of the songs that debuted on this album, on the spine, not only had not been heard by the fandom yet, but they were the few tracks given the music video treatment. One was called Bastard Wants to Hit Me, aka This Crazy Bastard Wants to Hit Me. That video, of course, was directed by Aaron Sorensen with art direction by Courtney Booker and was animated by an in-house commercial division of a recently founded animation studio, Leica, <laughs> specifically Leica House, which is just incredible to think about. Now, that video went on to be nominated for and even won a few awards, including Best Animated Television Commercial at the Annie Awards, which, for those who don't know, is the Academy Awards equivalent to the animation industry. And it is beautifully animated, too. Oh, yeah. No, it's, it's fantastic. It's gorgeous. Now, the other video, however, was directed and animated in Flash, by two brothers out of Georgia who were relatively unknown to the masses and was nominated and even won exactly zero awards. <laughs> this video was released July 13th, 2004, the same day The Spine was released in the U.S., and it was for the album's opening track, Experimental Film. Should we give this video an award here and now just to up those numbers? Yes, go right ahead. You started this. <laughs> and the award for uh, 20 years out of date, best Homestar Runner fully animated music video for a They Might Be Giants song goes to Experimental Film, just barely edging out Different Town. <laughs> Experimental Film also wins the Fahugapadian Award for most self-indulgent film and best use of lion in a music video. You get a trophy. Three trophies for the Johns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we preambled long enough. I'm going to share my screen and we are going to watch experimental film. The color of infinity inside an empty glass. I'm squinting my eyes. Nobody knows about 
just got to just got to bask in that a little bit. <laughs> you know, guys, when it really comes right down to it, it's a lion. It's a lion. <laughs> it's a lion. <laughs> Oh my gosh, we just watched Experimental Film. David, I'm going to have you take it first here. What did you think of that cartoon? It's hard to separate that one for me from just my love of two great tastes going great together. Yes. (laughs) But it really is one of my favorite music videos. I don't know if I would feel the same way if I weren't such a big Homestar fan. Like if it was some other internet cartoon I don't watch as closely making a video for They Might Be Giants, I'd probably still enjoy it. But as it is, like I've watched that thousands of times probably. The moment uh, for the first yeah of the final chorus where the screen explodes and Homestar, Strong Bad, and Strong Mad are dancing is one of those just like, instant serotonin uh scenes for me (laughs) yeah (laughs) there were definitely times during 2020 where i was just like hitting the 10 seconds back and watching that part over and over on on youtube this was uh july of 2004 this was the summer right before my senior year of high school when i was you know a young aspiring filmmaker so in a very literal sense the lyrics resonated with me (laughs) uh the very literal sense of you're all going to be in this thing I'm making. Yes. <laughs> which which ended up uh, being a lot of my senior year of high school as uh, subscribers to my Patreon may have seen in my embarrassing old crap feature. Um, <laughs> it's a song I love. It's visuals I love. It's characters I love. Uh, I love the fact that Strong, Sad, and The Cheat are collaborating on an artistic project. Right? Yeah. And... Obviously, their styles are immediately recognizable. You can tell who contributed what. And it it feels in so many ways like Strong Sad and the Cheats' attitudes competing for uh, what the tone of the video will be and ultimately collaborating into a dark but upbeat video worthy of They Might Be Giants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in, in, in a very, you know, to, to get a little Imagineer specific, but... The Haunted Mansion was like the collaboration of Claude Coates's darkness and Mark Davis's whimsy. And this is, uh, you know, Strong, Sad, and the Cheat collaborating in a similar way with their different attitudes to make a tone that uh, works for the band in general, but especially for this song, I think. I 100% agree. And I'll just quickly add, this song absolutely influenced my my filmmaker brain back in <laughs> high school. Like, I was like, yes, everyone's going in. This was like a, a theme song for me. <laughs> so, Kyle, Lindsay, what were your thoughts on, on this? All of our, our talk leading up, you know, before watching the video made me realize just like uh, what a formative album The Spine was. Because I think that tour was the They Might Be Giants show where Kyle and I first met. Ooh. Oh, that's right, huh? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, we I don't think we've mentioned this <laughs> on this show, but we first got together when a mutual friend... Uh, invited both of us to a They Might Be Giants show. Oh. Knowing that both of us were massive They Might Be Giants fans. Oh, that's awesome. That's incredible. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a lot of uh, warm memories and feelings surrounding this album. And I, I can remember just, you know, driving around, because this was my first year in college, so I had a car. I just remember driving around listening to this album on, on loop um, and eventually, you know, driving out to L.A. to go see... They might be giants and meeting Kyle. Um, but yeah, so just should, like... Should we tell him about the guy we called Homestar? This is at like the next show we went <laughs> oh, to, Oh, yeah, yeah. It was another <laughs> They Might Be Giants show that we went to where 
Was he like moshing out of there, be giant? He was moshing. He was gigantic. Like, and I don't mean fat. He was just like a very Very, tall, sturdy dude. Just you know, tall, Um, corn-fed, you know, twenty-something guy. And he was wearing a red, white, and blue headband. Yeah. (laughs) So we just started calling him Homestar. Yeah, because he's bouncing into us and stuff like that. I definitely watched this video. You know, as David mentioned, just you know, hundreds and thousands of times, just uh, pouring over every every scene of it and just taking in like the varied styles between, you know, Strong Said's uh, real <laughs> filmed sections <laughs> and the Cheats animated sections and just, you know, thinking about, like, everything that Flash can do and the different, like, techniques that have to go into, you know, making the Cheats stuff look a certain way and making Strong Said's stuff look a certain way. I still don't know how they warped Strong Said's face in the in the glass near the beginning. Oh, oh mm. with, like, the, mm-hmm. the, the waving effect? Yeah. Yeah. That that's a big ask of Flash that is being you know played as a as a Flash movie rather than as a video file. Yeah, for real. I did. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Like this truly is the the pinnacle of the technical level the the brothers chaps were able to to meet and have. See, all all my technical questions watching this were in universe. Like so so how did the cheat <laughs> superimpose his Flash cartoon onto Strong Sad's film at the end? And <laughs> I mean, I I love just like all of the realities crashing into each other as, you know, full color Homestar and Strong Bad and Strong Mad start like just completely destroying yeah. uh, Strong Sad's stereotypical <laughs> experimental film because like that that's that's what's super funny about Strong Sad's portion is that like it is just cliche after cliche of like black and white indie movies. A- every film student who watched The Seventh Seal for the first time made something exactly like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And then like trying to get something ed- enigmatic out of what you have on hand. It's like, well, <laughs> I have an ATM machine, so I guess I'll film a bunch of stuff in front of an ATM machine. <laughs> but then yeah, like, like as David was saying about just like that that moment of Homestar, Strong Bad and, and Strong Bad just like crashing through Strong Sad's film. It's just like, oh, I don't know what I was sad about, but it's all gonna be okay now. <laughs> like, I don't know, like just that feeling of just of just joy and and happiness and and growing up and not having that many friends who listened to the Ampy Giants and like other people who you know beyond my parents who knew who the Ampy Giants were to have this online cartoon that you know I knew had a decent enough following and that my friends and I watched a ton to have them make this video and have all of these beautiful vampy giants references and like like i love the um the the presidential heads swirling <laughs> around because it's like it's like the atm but then that's also a very vampy giantsy thing and then the, little, yeah. the weird little skull tentacle guy riding a bicycle it's like that's so that's so the cheat but also so they might be giants like it's just it's, it was just nothing but good feelings okay this is this is my little head cannon. okay but there are just a cup a couple of shots that were on lined paper <laughs> and I wonder if they intend, if like they ask Strong Bad to mm. do this with them, but it's like every school project where like one guy isn't holding up their end. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so like, uh, I'm not making your movie anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of done. I got bored. <laughs> Played a video game. Oh, I thought I had that similar to that. When we see Strong Sad looking at his hands and the cheat is like the, they're cracked open and there are cheats bursting out of them. Did Strong, 
did Strong Sad want it to be the cheats bursting out, or is that the only thing that the cheat was willing to animate? <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. No, I wanted I wanted to be worms. Like like I'm dying, like worms are coming up. <laughs> no, you're getting you're getting tiny cheats because the cheat is animating. Yeah, guys, I have to tell you that one of my favorite things in any Homestar Runner cartoon, one of the biggest laughs I have ever gotten because I did not see it coming but should have, is it's a lion. <laughs> it's a lion. <laughs> yeah. It's a lion. That stupid little drawing. Not just any lion, the stupidest looking lion. And then lion. it says it's a lion, and then the friggin' stadium full of people <laughs> with it's a lion as a callback. Oh my god. <laughs> it destroyed me the first time I saw it. I, I, I could just imagine the in-universe explanation to that. It's just like, there was no text above it. <laughs> it was just the picture of the lion, and then Strong said's like, what even is that? Like, it's a lion. At least put like some sort of indicator that there's a lion there. And literally just out at, of at like, pet, like just pettiness. It's a lion. It's a lion. <laughs> like, now this is all, this is most of the time true of powered by the cheat stuff, but it is super pronounced here, perhaps more than anywhere else mm-hmm. that like, it's such an excuse to do brothers chaps doodles mm-hmm. yes like whenever we see you know and behind the scenes stuff or just like stuff they posted online like actual physical drawings they've done not in flash just on like pads of paper it's like that mentality runs hard through this particular music video i had this feeling before like while we were watching it and now i, I feel like it's true this is almost like a, a theme for homestar runner in in a sense because the entire purpose of Homestar Runner was not necessarily an experimental film, but it was an experimental book. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and even even to turn it into Flash became experimental in it, in itself. And that spontaneity, that that uh, don't say no, just add. Honestly, I feel like it. That's kind of what makes Homestar Runner Homestar Runner, and and in many ways, like the the beauty of they might be giants lyrics being able to capture this very specific feeling that like an aspiring filmmaker has you know like yeah you're gonna be in it and it's gonna be great and it's and then this, it's, the guy's gonna head, head's gonna explode but you, i don't know how it's gonna happen but it's gonna happen <laughs> and, and and you're gonna find out when it happens it, it'll all come together and it's it's great like absolutely like i feel like so many people can relate to that and and specifically that moment there's like two things that you guys were saying uh, about that moment where they all join in on the fun. They like Homestar, Strong Bad, and Strong Mad don't fight the music video process anymore. Like they are all part of it now. And, and I, I feel like there's such a great sense of like, oh, no, they're all working together and they're in it. Like, and, and it's like that when you're making a home video and somebody just decides, yeah, I'm all in this. And you you see the final product and you just they somehow capture that sense of what you were going for. And I feel like that is encapsulated here. It's it's this euphoria of like, yes, they get it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I also think, too, this is the that's the only time in the music video up until that point where they're going along with the music, like actually dancing and like, you know, kind of mouthing the words even potentially there was other moments that kind of went along with the beat, like like strong side sighing and stuff. But like, that's when it really clicks in your mind. 
like, oh, this is a They Might Be Giants music video. <laughs> well, they they had to sync up in order to show off their real smooth moves. Exactly. <laughs> real, real smooth moves. It's also like as it kind of like, as the, like, the visuals kind of like meld and like sort of break apart and reform towards the end, it's also that kind of feeling of like, well, maybe this isn't my exact vision for the video when I started out, but now everyone's collaborating and it's turned into something even more amazing than I even first envisioned. <laughs> That's definitely a big thing with young amateur film is uh, I would go in with a vision and then that vision would not happen. But then we all just had fun with everybody throwing their own ideas at it. And mm-hmm. it came out mm-hmm. as something that we were happy with, whether or not it was actually watchable. <laughs> yes. Granted, I know uh, in universe, according to the commentary, strong sad may have not been quite so happy with the results, but yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should definitely start talking about all of that here, because, oh boy, we got not one, but two commentaries. <laughs> um, but before we even get into that, let's talk about like just the history of that, too. Like The music video. So much love and passion that the Brothers Chaps put into this video. It's it, it, As we all kind of just feel it, like you can sense that. Uh, that they're not only they might be Giants fans, but they're also film nerds. So they were able to just truly throw everything in there. And uh, in fact, they might be Giants noticed this passion too, because when John Flansburg did an interview two weeks prior uh, to this music video being released with Wired, he revealed that there were plans to make another music video for experimental film. Quote, John Linnell did music for one of their shorts, and now the animators are going to create an online video for our new single, Experimental Film. We're actually doing two videos, one for regular MTV consumption (laughs) and one with Homestar Runner. I feel like if MTV and Homestar collided, the world might explode. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that, uh, but obviously there was no second music video. And I think my theory on that is that Flansburg hadn't seen it yet. He hadn't seen the music video. And when he did this interview, he was like, oh, maybe it'll be fine. But he definitely changed his tune after that because apparently MTV and Homestar did collide, <laughs> if not just briefly. Oh. And so the world was introduced to that music video that way, if not for just a small amount of time. Awesome. I believe that makes this, uh, if you don't count like little clips shown on like G4 shows that the Brothers Chaps have guested on or whatever, I believe that makes this the only Homestar cartoon to air on television. Huh. Yeah, and uh, that makes sense. I know there was a lot of talk uh, back at the height of Homestar. Interviewers would always ask uh, the Brothers Chaps, are you going to turn Homestar into a TV show? And the answer the Brothers Chaps always gave was like, no, we want to have like full creative and artistic control over it. We don't want to sell out. And, you know, there was always fan speculation about what a Homestar TV show would look like. And I feel like aside from the network control issue, I feel like networks would also be anxious about how much of the Homestar universe comes from audience-generated content, strong bad emails and stuff. That, that, that's something that the lawyers might not be super happy with. yeah i mean i feel like even with the game the telltale game i'm pretty sure they made up a lot of those emails yeah and if they didn't i don't know what kind of legal battle that would be if (laughs) if somebody were to try to you know not be cool with it it wasn't for lack of trying on uh various networks parts Mm. i know that they were courted hard (laughs) uh and i know some of that from talking to some executives while i was at cartoon network everybody (laughs) wanted homestar runner on their air 
Disney came the closest. They had a pilot with a different concept, and then, better known now, they made Two More Eggs, mm-hmm. yeah. which was a series of odd little shorts uh, that did air. Two more eggs, two, two more eggs. Extra sauce. Because also, too, with the characters dressing up in Halloween costumes, you wouldn't yeah. be necessarily be able to do that easily anymore. They'd all have to be uh, in-network costumes. <laughs> yeah, or pay heavily for the royalties of that of the character. Can Homsar even appear? <laughs> <laughs> we had to kill Homsar because somebody got angry from the, about their email. Homsar is the intellectual property of that one person's typo. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying for years. I'm in litigation. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, so there is so much to talk about with this video uh, that to cover it properly would take hours. Uh, and as much as I would love to hear myself talk, as well as these amazing people, uh, I had to really pick and choose what we cover. There are, as I said, two director's commentaries, uh, one of which can be triggered by clicking on Directed by Strong Sad and The Cheat in the video before it starts to really play. And another alternate director's commentary can be found on the DVD version of this tune, both of which are basically Strong Sad trying to explain the deeper meanings of the story and the, and the, and the vision, only <laughs> to be sabotaged by Strong Bad and Homestar. So right off the bat, I just want to point out that the Brothers Chaps being huge fans of They Might Be Giants, they added a bunch of visual references to the band, and more importantly, their recurring themes. Uh, The first we see in the video are Cups of Coffee, which is a reference to their music video for their 1992 jam, The Statue Got Me High, which opens up on a shot of a similar-looking cup of coffee. It's also likely a reference to their well-documented complete addiction to coffee. (laughs) Uh, Michael, have you seen the documentary about They Might Be Giants Gigantic? I have not, no. I, I've been I've been meaning uh, to. I highly recommend list. checking that out. Although it's it's super it's super wild to watch now because they've had so much career since then, mm-hmm. and it's even wilder because they are the age in that video that I am now. <laughs> so rewatching it now, years later, is a trip. <laughs> I I would bet. I mean, I did have a note about the 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 documentary here. There is an entire segment there that's just their love for coffee. Latte, double latte for you. No milk, just coffee. I've seen them abuse it. Um, I've seen them use it recreationally and socially and professionally. I mean, it's it's a problem. I've seen them hold the show for 45 minutes because the runner wasn't back from Starbucks. So, 
we'll do a show just about anywhere as long as there's decent coffee to be had. They've also since written songs about coffee as well, which would eventually just end up becoming like jingles for Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, Dunkin' Donuts hired them to write a bunch of jingles, but like in the style of themselves. <laughs> and so it was just kind of this fun free writing thing for them. And then, you know, more recently, they released a whole bunch of them, but not all of them, in a compilation called Songs About Coffee. <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'll have to listen to that then. Now, not surprisingly, a lot of creative shot choices of this music video are references to real-life experimental films, the largest influence of which was presumably the 1929 Russian silent documentary film Man with a Movie Camera, which was directed by Ziga Vertov. Now, Vertov is credited for the concept of the Kino Pravda, or film truth, that has influenced countless documentary filmmakers who would eventually call it Cinema Verite. <laughs> Man with a Movie Camera is regarded as one of the most influential experimental films thanks to Vertov's use of changing exposures, the increasing and decreasing the speeds of motion, freeze frames, jump cuts, Dutch angles, split screens, extreme close-ups, tracking shots, and most importantly, no intertitles. Which was the style at the time? And for those who don't know, those are the text cards that happen in silent films. So there was no It's a Lion on the screen in that particular there, film. There was no It's a Lion. You had to just know. <laughs> it's a Lion. How unfortunate. <laughs> in Vertov's words, this film is a film without scripted scenarios, a film without theatrics, actors, or sets, a film of visual phenomena an experimentation in the cinematic communication. Now, long story short, anytime we see anything with a camera, like when Strongside is looking at the film sprocket holders as they fly by, it's probably a reference to Vertov. The shots of the light bulb swinging and the shadows moving around are in reference to the scene in Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 film Psycho, where Vera Miles discovers Norman Bates with the swinging light changing the perspective of the shadows. Gavin the Cockroach even shows up in the video during one of these segments. <laughs> Love to see Gavin back. Nice. <laughs> now, the skull with the little green tentacles on the Penny Farthing bike is a reference to They Might Be Giants' use of skulls. Possibly even the skull showcased on the cover of the Back to Skull EP and the John Henry album. Now, this skull character... Might just be Scullivan. <laughs> this might be Scullivan because when they were doing the Spine Surfs alone, I imagine that they probably got first dibs on listening to some of these songs before it was officially released. And I, I wonder if Scullivan was possibly even going to end up on the actual album and then was was scrapped. Hmm. Scullivan just he's just asking everybody how they take their tea, and then he heads to the video <laughs> store to pick up the movie Tootsie. <laughs> that's that's it, you know? Which you would never know from the way Linnell's singing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's very true. And honestly, even in this music video, every time we see him just biking, he's just heading to the video store. That's all. That's that's what he's doing. <laughs> Next, we see the heads of John Flansburg and John Linnell, respectively. And now on the two commentaries for this video, the gang weighs in on They Might Be Giants' involvement in the video-making process. So the guys approached me to do a video for experimental film, so I shot my own experimental film, but the, uh, the glasses guy said that it was too much of a total drag, so they brought the cheat on board to, as they said, 
make it quit sucking. Which I, I guess is an industry term. I don't know. We interrupt this whining to bring you this important headline. World bored to death by strong sand commentary. Oh, what are you doing here? You're hardly even in this video. Yeah, well, I would have been the one directing it if it weren't for those super giant guys. That's not what they're called. Whatever they're called. That one right there with the glasses? He started talking all these vocabulary words at me and confusing me, and the next thing I know, I was relegated to this crappy bit part. Hey, relegated sounds like a vocabulary word. I'll relegate your face to a bloody pulp. Brilliant. Please know that when we were sat next to Il Nej at the Hollywood Bowl, they might be giants show, he would not stop referring to them as the super giant guys. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now years have gone past and they're older. Now they're both the glasses guy. <laughs> that's so true. Oh, that's a trip. Now, what's funny is that no one actually refers to the band correctly in these commentaries. <laughs> of course not. Which is, I, I feel like it's a common occurrence for the band just in general, uh, often being referred to as there may be giants or there must be giants. <laughs> Who's there may be giants? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were conclusively windmills. <laughs> That's a historical joke. <laughs> We're conclusively windmills, the only they might be giants cover band that matters. <laughs> also, John Flansburg having like a massive vocabulary, weaponizing it on Strong Bad is, is totally on brand. <laughs> now, uh, Strong Sad shaving himself is a reference to the 1968 surrealist Danish documentary short De Perfect Menski, otherwise known as The Perfect Human, which was directed by Jorgen Lett who, for reasons I won't get into here, is anything but the perfect human. The black and white short film focused on the perfect man and woman as they do everyday things in the black void as if they were subjects in a zoo. Strong Sad looking at the Grim Reaper through a split screen is a reference to Igmar Bergman's 1957 black and white classic, The Seventh Seal, which we already talked about, which revolves around a chess game between a medieval knight and death. Who is there to reap his soul should he win the game? Now, this is not the last time we'll see Strong Sad in a Grim Reaper outfit, and I'm very excited <laughs> for when that happens. Also, uh, as we are recording this, uh, I don't know if this will still be the case when uh, this episode drops, but as we're recording this, I keep seeing tweets that uh, the new Beverly Cinema in Hollywood is going to be doing a double feature of The Seventh Seal and Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> Nice. Which is a perfect double feature. Oh my gosh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I would love to see them open that with the Animaniacs short uh, Meatballs or Consequences, which itself is a parody yes. of The Seventh Seal. <laughs> and if you would like to see another cartoon that is a parody of The Seventh Seal, please see the entirety of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. <laughs> <laughs> now, following that, we are greeted by our gracious host, who has a striking resemblance to Montenegro from the Malloween commercial. <laughs> but apparently, we learn on the commentary the real identity of this person. Okay, the cheat, come clean. Who's that creepy guy in the picture frame? Who's Stefan? Well, I can see he's our gracious host. But what does he have to do with anything? Ah, more like our I'll murder you in a back alley host. Perhaps this is Monty's brother? Either way, his inclusion here is a mystery, and when StrongSad heard the cheat's response as to why he added Stefan, StrongSad responds, Okay, whatever keeps you off the streets. <laughs> Which just adds a number of 
new layers of speculation on just who the heck this person is. <laughs> uh, following that, we're shown an animated time lapse with Scullivan popping up in the background periodically. Uh, I love this bit. It's so great. Um, this is a reference to They Might Be Giants music video for Anna Ng, where Flansburg stands still in a time lapse while Linnell moves around in the background. Then we see that Strongsad's hands have opened up and hundreds of little cheats crawling out of them. This is a reference to another surrealist silent film. This time it's the 1929 Franco-Spanish film Un Chien Andalou, otherwise known as An Andalusian Dog, which was co-directed by Luis Buñuel and the famous surrealist painter Salvador Dali. Instead of little cheats, it was ants crawling out of the hand. So you weren't, you weren't quite that far off with the worms there, Lindsay. <laughs> it's not my favorite of Franco-Spanish's films, but it's pretty good. <laughs> now, there's a quiz in this video, but we only get to see the answers. In one of the commentaries, however, StrongSad outlines the questions to those answers. And since StrongSad went out of order with those questions, I'll go through them briefly. One, are you going to be in my experimental film? Yeah. Two, what did Eli Whitney invent? The cotton gin. Three, where did General Robert E. Lee surrender to General Ulysses Grant at the end of the Civil War? Appadamax, Virginia. And four, how many home runs did Hammer and Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves have? 755. And then we're shown the lion. <laughs> it's a lion! It's a lion! Uh, this is the first time we're seeing this lovable scamp. Can't wait for his return. <laughs> uh, that comes back? That comes back? That, yo, David. All right, that's David, my job. <clears throat> that comes back? I, I applaud the the, the the different tone. I love it. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to be replacing any other Davids. I want to bring my own Davidness to it. That's fair. I love it. I love it. It's almost Captain Underpants. That comes back. <laughs> <laughs> then we're shown Homestar playing a type of Space Invaders clone with the U.S. presidents, specifically the usual suspects, Washington <laughs> and Lincoln. Now, we've mentioned previously on our Puppet Jams episodes that presidents are very common. It's a very common theme for They Might Be Giants. So we don't have to go into that here. This, of course, is when the brothers Strong and Homestar show up to sabotage the video. Oh, hello there, chumps. What are you guys doing here? Well, I'm here to save this commentary from a death worse than Strong Side commentary. And I'm just the old whited all y'all's coattails. Ah, uh, so this next part is an allusion to one of my very favorite experimental films, Called boring Johnny and the Get Bored Crew. Will you quit it with the boring comments? Look, if it weren't for that tentacle skull riding the old-timey bike, this video would have nothing. Hey, guys, is this the Super Giants video? That's not what they're... Yes, but they cut us out of it. Oh, weird. Then why'd they bother getting somebody that looks just like me? No, that is you. I just mean they mostly... And that guy looks just like you. And that big guy looks just like Coach Z. Well, maybe you could tell me how you got that video game to come up on the ATM. Maybe I'm some type of magic video game man. Maybe you should start dealing with that, Strong Dad. Man, I wish I'd grab some of that black and white cash. That was Monopoly money. Yeah, but I'm gonna... <coughs> I sneezed. Yeah, black and white Monopoly money. That stuff is priceless. I've been living on Baltic Avenue. Hey, Strong Dad. What? Hey, Strong Dad. What? Um, it's a lion. Hey, <laughs> Oh, 
Oh, that was very insightful, Vegeta. Yeah, yeah, totally. What do you mean you tried to be as dumpy accurate as possible? My old Supreme Giants boys could take a cue from that one. I'm gonna take a cue from that kitchen table and go get me a blueberry muffin. Oh, what a disaster. I hope I still get paid. Uh, then the film burns away, and we see a little Powered by the Cheat Strong Sad, which is the first time we're actually seeing this variation of him in a tune. Uh, because the first time he actually showed up was in the Powered by the Cheat menu page. Where he was sad that he was flying. I'm sad that I'm flying. Now, going back to the film burning away, this is a reference to another one of Igmar Bergman's films, the 1966 psychological horror film Persona in which, at about 46 or 47 minutes in, the film reel appears to melt away, which is one of many jarring motions Bergman used to remind the audience, you're watching a movie, it's still a film. (laughs) It's mind-blowing to think that that's something that people had to be reminded of back then. This effect had to be simulated for his film because despite using a lot of actual film reel shots, that effect would really only happen with nitrate film, which they stopped using over a decade prior. Which was the style at the time? Now, this was not necessarily a conscious choice by Strongsad for this video, uh, as we learn through one of the commentaries. This next part is all about Rondell's transformation into a new man. I thought you said that was just an accident. It happened because you loaded the film wall. Ah, uh, why don't you shut up, Homestar? Oh, no. Because I guess I got a lot of stuff to say. It's it's great because I actually was gifted a projector, like a film projector, mm. uh, a few years back. And boy, does that thing heat up fast. <laughs> mm. If I need to just like save on gas bill, I'll just turn that on. Because <laughs> it, it's just enough. So is it possible that the reason the Johns needed the cheat to contribute to the video was because the actual video ended up being half as long as it was supposed to be because half the film was destroyed. Oh my gosh, yes, that's what happened. Oh no. And then that's why they reuse so much of it. The cheat is basically <laughs> the Spielberg to Strong Sad's Kubrick here, just uh, stepping in to finish what could not be done. <laughs> yes. Next, we see Strong Sad falling in a void of Atari graphics presidents. And this is a reference to the Nightmare Dream sequence in Alfred Hitchcock's 1958 film, Vertigo. After that, we see Homestar, Strong Bad, and Mad showing off some real smooth moves. (laughs) And in both of the commentaries, we actually learn what the dance is called. This part coming up here is all about my new dance, the side swipe. Check it out. Oh, this is the worst commentary ever. That's what I've been saying this whole time. Yeah, me too. Worst commissary ever. Uh, I think that the sideswipe is uh, aptly named because it dis- basically describes just what happens to Strongsad's creative vision and, and the commentaries. Uh, it also has a very similar structure to the dance moves shown off in the choreography for the music video of They Might Be Giants, Birdhouse in Your Soul. There's also a moment in the Dr. Worm video where John and John are showcasing just like the stupidest dance moves possible <laughs> while it says choreography on the screen. It could easily be a reference <laughs> oh, to that wow. shot. Like, I don't even doubt it for a second. 
I also fully believe this dance in particular was chosen because it is easy to animate with these characters. Yes. Hey. Especially since one of them doesn't have arms. <laughs> He's just, or at least visible arms. Yes. And finally, we're going to bookend my notes by talking about the dial song again. Because during the end montage of the shots of this video, we're shown a giant index finger floating next to the ATM machine. Now, this finger is likely a reference to the cover of the 2002 compilation album for Dial a Song, which just had a close-up of Flanberg's index finger. <laughs> uh, I did want to talk about just, like, the song itself for just a moment. Like, Please. I don't want to yeah. get too analytical, but just, like, it does seem like this is another in kind of, like, this specific line of Linnell Rocker. This and Dr. Worm and Bangs all seem to be, like, this... Linnell's song that sounds a certain way that is sung by a protagonist who is so deeply earnest in the thing they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so it, it feels like it feels like kind of a line of songs. Uh, there are a couple things about the song live I want to mention. Ooh, yes. One is that uh, as of as of this date, according to uh, uh, TMBW.net, which is an incredible resource, it's a resource so incredible that like they might be giants use it themselves, particularly to make sure they don't make the same set list at the same place two years in a row. This cartoon really is the convergence between the two fandoms with the most comprehensive wikis. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, <laughs> completely. But yeah, uh, it was first played live on January 25th, 2004, and it has 161 known performances. Wow. Yeah, it is a song that they still regularly play, which is not always the case of... You know, a lot of times they'll play their their early stuff and their current stuff and a few songs in between. This is one of the songs in between that has had staying power. One thing that happens just about every time they play it live, uh, just before the guitar solo, Flansburg will yell, Guitar! Making reference to, uh, I believe in a thing called Love by the Darkness. I believe in a thing called love. It almost sounds like he's trying to pull. He's trying to pull a, a, a limousine. Guitar. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> and <laughs> I mean, have you ever heard the darkness, or in particular, I believe in a thing called love? No. They sound like limousine, basically. <laughs> they really do. I I never thought of it before, but they really do. Yeah. <laughs> a modern-ish band that, like, you know, sounds like an old hair band. The darkness and limousine could tour together. You know, speaking of, like, I'm pretty sure I've seen you both perform at least like um, they might be giant song at like at one of the mars cons that i went to oh i'm sure like i have recorded so many they might be giants covers for different like tribute albums that like sometime within the next couple of years i'm going to like just record a few more to fill it out and just put out a they might be giants covers album because like oh, yes. you know at mars con we do you know the smackdown which is like everybody doing covers and like if i have a they might be giants when i just recorded i usually just do that you sing their songs very well by the way, like just Thank like you. there's, yeah, no, it it, it fits. Uh, there's no point in pretending that they're not my like one biggest musical influence. Yeah, and I think <laughs> my singing style is kind of the middle point between the two of them. I love that. I love that for you, Kyle. <laughs> there's no point in dodging it. I love them as you should, as everyone should. Uh, if you are not affiliated thoroughly with They Might Be Giants, I you have a lot of homework to do, and I know it's daunting. I've been in your shoes. But it is so worth it because there's it, it's such a rabbit hole to go down, but it, you enjoy it every step of the way. Because <laughs> just listening to the albums is 
merely the beginning. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, you only listen to the songs that are available? <laughs> I, I was just on a They Might Be Giants podcast talking about one of my favorite songs of theirs, Sally Boy Candy Bar. Good luck running into that song naturally. <laughs> you ain't gonna find that on Apple Play. <laughs> a- Apple Play, I'm pretty sure, is Pig Latin for Plapple. <laughs> <laughs> You know, now that we've talked about what the music video and the song and all of that just apparently means, it's time to find out what it really means <laughs> from everyone's favorite, Alexa. Now, David, mm-hmm. you know the words. I do. You need to say the magic words to bring forth Her Majesty, the Queen of Town. So go right ahead, David. Take it away. Give it your best shot. It is a true honor to be the ones to say these words today. Hey, Alexa, what do you think of this? Oh, no, 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 no. This is what I was worried about. We've been on hiatus for so long that it seems that she's fallen asleep and she needs extra help. (laughs) She needs extra shouts. Kyle, (laughs) Kyle, give it a try, please. Hey, Alexa, what do you think of this? Well, you woke you woke the wrong Alexa. Dang it, Kyle. Yeah. Ugh. Lindsay, Lindsay, you are our final shot. You're our last hope. Take it away. Say the words. I do believe in Alexa. Hey, Alexa, what do you think of this? Oh, she's stirring. I, I, I think it's working. Alexa, what do you think of this? Sorry. Oh my gosh. Hi, Michael. What's up? I had a weirdest sleep. I know today is like really warm for some reason, given that it's like only December 31st, 2022, and we had just recorded an episode yesterday. I have no. Wait. Um, uh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Wait, what's um, going on here? There's- Alexa. Kyle, Lindsay, and David. Gansel, other David, meaning what's <laughs> happening right now? What's going on? We pretty much been here the whole time. <laughs> I think we live here now. <laughs> We're just behind the black. What, what is that voice? <laughs> that voice. It's in my head again. Oh, my gosh. Uh <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I feel like I, I forgot so many things. I, I remember that there's something called a home star. I don't know if a strong is bad or good. I, I don't know. <laughs> Michael, what's happening right now? Alexa, I hate to break it to you, but we've we've been on hiatus. You, you've been asleep for so long that it's actually it's actually December again <laughs> of, the, of the following year. I'm so sorry. Is that why Smallville is back? <laughs> I, I thought it was a dream. Uh, all of a sudden, there's another podcast called Talkville talking about the one show that I've been trying to forget, and I thought it was all a dream. But no, I am living that life right now. I'm so sorry, Alexa. Wow. But but, but the good news is, is we're talking we're talking more about Homestar Runner. <laughs> You know what? I need to feel normal again. So yes, please, let's talk about the home star. Good. Well, uh, yeah, I guess my, my question to you, Alexa, is uh, have you ever been in a film that, that may or may not be experimental? Okay, I don't know if 
you Googled me. <laughs> because, listen. I did Alexa. Oh, okay. oh, no. Uh, no. Listen, let me, let me explain something to all of you, okay? The audience, listen. Film school was an interesting time, okay? We all thought we were geniuses, and some people thought that putting me in weird movies was the right move. In fact, it kind of was, because I was like, I don't understand why I'm in this movie and what's even happening, and I'm in the movie, but why is it so good? I don't get it. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I don't think that's a weird talking- move, Alexa. I think that's a real smooth move. Oh, why? Well, well, thank <laughs> yes. you. I feel like that's <laughs> that might be uh, a reference to something I don't know yet. But uh, interesting. Oh, okay, okay, cool. So I, I'm right there with you. See, I still I still have some brain. That's good. I may have only slept for like five million years, but you know I still have brain. So okay, are we talking about like my past in, in my twenties, or are you actually talking about a different experimental film that was made by our friend Charlie? Oh, that's a that's a good observation. That's right, we didn't bring that up yet. Yeah, we. Well, listen, yeah. that's what I'm here for. Okay, to to bring up our <laughs> friends all the time. You know. Once again, Alexa makes the connection before even watching the cartoon. <laughs> listen, when you sleep for that long, a lot of thoughts come up. <laughs> <laughs> you were dreaming the answers before you even right. heard the questions i'm sure i woke up in a sweat and went charlie Uh, yeah and then yeah hopefully hopefully charlie was messaging me during that time and i wasn't just screaming that like randomly but yes (laughs) okay now that i've found out this new information is this experimental film what charlie made experimental film about was it was that influenced by each other or was that just you know it's what charlie named experimental film after but uh mostly just as one of many references to the larger homestar lore within experimental film okay my life is yeah. forever changed um all right now uh, okay now i can continue there you go you, you're about to another massive piece of the puzzles about to snap into place for you alexa i know i feel so. like a part of my brain has been missing for a while i think it's slowly <laughs> growing back nice and smooth here we go well good <laughs> good real smooth moves real smooth, real smooth <laughs> yep, moves yep see i'm in tune with what's happening i think <laughs> okay well without further ado mm-hmm. let's uh watch again experimental film Oh, hello. This is Strong Sad. And that's the cheat. And we're going to talk about this video. Oh, geez, it's already started. Uh, So my portion of this video details the life of a very lonely individual named Rondell who can't deal with the decisions of day-to-day life. We interrupt this whining to bring you this important headline. World bored to death by Strong Sad commentary. So this scene is dealing with man's indecision and apathy. Oh, that scene was dealing with hitting coffee with a drumstick, eh? Uh, So this next part is an allusion to one of my very favorite experimental films called Boring Johnny and the Get Bored Crew. Will you quit it with the boring comments? This next part is all about Rondell's transformation into a new man. I thought you said that was just an accident. It happened because you loaded the film wall. Oh, this part's all about rebirth and new life. Yeah, yeah, whatever. This part coming up here is all about my new dance, this side swipe. At this point, reality and fantasy have collided, and everybody pogos. Can we talk about something artistic? No, but we can talk about how Real Smooth Moves is like the best band name I ever heard. These super giant guys should change their name from Super Giant to Real Smooth Moves. That's a band name. 
Oh, I'm out of here. I don't think that could have been any more clear. <laughs> okay. Please enlighten us. Listen, I've never been more confused yet so enlightened at the same time. Um, lots of things here. Okay, first of all, Strongside is really talented, okay? I am feeling exactly the way I did when I was watching myself in an experimental film. I remember uh, I was being directed. The director was very clear about what I was doing. I was, like, doing a bunch of stuff, and I just didn't understand uh, how it was all going to work. And then I saw the film, and I was like, I don't get it, but why do I like it? And (laughs) that's exactly what's happening here. I think uh, if I were to do a coming out video, it would be exactly like that. <laughs> and I would hope that my friends would be like, I know what she's trying to say to us. You know, she's so queer. Yeah, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Don't you see? Like, okay, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Okay, the first, the first thing that happens is strong sad is sad. Big, yeah, we know that. And it's all in black and white. Usually when something is in black and white, if we go into multiple films in film history, usually that's because, you know, something mysterious is happening or, you know, people are feeling like it's a little dull, okay? Maybe a little bit of color is needed. It's almost as if somebody needs to go to some kind of land that rhymes with boz and suddenly there's color. Uh, you know, I, I don't I, I don't know how it could be any more clear here. And, you know, you know, there's uh, somebody said it's a lion at one point. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So the theory is all coming together here is that this is strong sad saying, I'm tired of being in black and white. I'm tired of living this dull dull, normal life where I have to be one thing, which is a strong, sad. No, I want to be colorful and happy with colorful money, you know, and a blueberry muffin because here, okay. So we start off with an ATM. Okay. There's an ATM and it goes check balance. Clearly, (laughs) clearly there's no balance here. Right. (laughs) It's just like, it's just black and white. There's an imbalance. Exactly. There's an imbalance. And that's why strong sad looks so confused. He's like, Check what balance? There's no balance here. And if anything, it's just the same. It's the same all around. And then you'll start to notice something. In fact, Homestar being the good witch here with (laughs) with his witch's brew... Right? Right? Are you a good witch's brew or a bad witch's brew? Are you a good witch's brew? Uh, I think they brought the, you know, the Mountain Dew of the witch's brew, which is delicious, right? Because all of a sudden, Homestar shows up in the middle of all this mess and shows up. Oh, oh, what color was he? Oh, every color in the world. He was very colorful. And we all know about, you know, our queer icons, Strong Bad and Homestar. You know, so it's just like that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Like, and of course, the funny thing is, is that Homestar comes in and it looks like he's a nuisance. He looks like he's interrupting the flow. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you see the word say, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, isn't that the most queerest thing we've ever said? Yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> I feel like if you're joyful, you know, you want to say yeah all the time. And I think that's a sign. That's a sign right there. <laughs> that something is happening in this little world. And if I have to go behind the scenes of Strong Sad as a director, because, uh, like, if Strong Sad is exactly like me as a director, it's that I try to find symbolism in things that I figured out on the day of. Like, I will be like, oh, I'll write this entire script and it's going to be super deep. And then the day of happens and I go, 
I'm as prepared as I can be. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and then, you know, suddenly I go, I don't have the forbidden fruit. We forgot to get the forbidden fruit. <laughs> and then, you know, someone goes, I got a blueberry muffin. I'm like, oh, perfect. That's what it is because blueberry muffins are delicious. And no, and this is the modern forbidden fruit. Okay. This one comes with gluten, you know, <laughs> because that's how it is here. <laughs> oh that's super like oh my gosh that's really bad for you whatever uh lots of other things it's a lion was kind of funny because like we all know that the lion is very cowardly right (laughs) and all of a sudden i'm sorry uh, can somebody remind me what what the lion was asking for in the land of oz courage the knife (laughs) (laughs) it's almost as if it takes courage to come out, right? So, oh my god! I mean, oh my god! Of course, uh, the lion was later told that he had the courage all along. He just didn't realize it. That's why David Gansel's here right now <laughs> to further <laughs> to further accentuate my little point right there. If I wasn't very <laughs> subtle, okay? Because again, this is a su- this is a complete coming out video. And what a way to come back. Seriously. <laughs> At first, I was like, I am not understanding a thing with this music. I need subtitles. Otherwise, I can't hear anything or see anything. I have no idea what's happening. And then I realized that was probably on purpose. I'm not supposed to understand anything in the black and white world anymore because I've changed. Okay. I became a lion and I found my courage eventually. But also, like, there was a couple of things here. There was, like, money situations. A lot of things when, when you come out, uh, there's a lot of fear that comes with it. And, you know, uh, yes, eventually Strong said would get what he wanted from this ATM, which is shown as money. But, of course, if you let yourself be vulnerable and show all your cards, show the amount of money you have, guess what? You become vulnerable to, to people like Strong Bad and Strong Bad stealing your money. I mean, of course, at the end, it didn't seem like that's what happened. If anything, uh, the money fell on Strong Sad because they were full of riches all of a sudden. That probably smell. Cause they looked really like those, those bags look really dingy <laughs> and like those, those dollar signs were drawn really poorly, like with a green Sharpie or something like, Oh, it's money. There you go. It's your money. Like, and very, and very kind of haphazardly, but they still got their money. And then death, death shows up here. Okay. For all you experimental film people out there, <laughs> you know, all of us pretentious film nerds have to add death somehow because that kind of makes it deeper. But in this case, I think death was used very, very well. Because where was death? Which world was death in? The black and white world, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's almost as if if Strong Sad were to stay in this, like, it would be a very almost, you know, kind of like a death in a way, you know? And, And it's funny because... Death was played by Strong Sad. He is his own death. He's his own death. But the beautiful thing about that is, like, that could also mean that the black and white world was the death of that life, you know? And now you're a lion in a colorful world. So you could eat blueberry muffins forever. <laughs> <laughs> I just want 
you all to know that I went to film school, okay? And I and I want you, like I want everyone to know that I was very silent during all these film talks, like during class, because I just could not stand them. And I was just like, we just watched a cool movie. I don't care to know the symbolism, but it turns out I already did that, like in my private time. And I was like, oh great, I am one of them. I especially love your connection to Wizard of Oz yeah. because now that I think about it, there's there are kind of like more similarities than not yeah like i mean yeah you have the lion but you also like in a way the atm machine could be the tin man <laughs> which at one point does go after strong sad like but then yes. at the end gives out the money yeah uh so like there's like a little bit of a heart type of yeah, thing going of on there like i i heart you so much like i know you need money i'm gonna give it to you <laughs> hey everybody editor michael here while I was editing this, I realized that the ATM could also be another important character in Strong Sad's, or I guess Dorothy's life. On TM. ATM. On TM. Come on, it's right there. It, I can't believe we didn't even get that. But when you add those adjustments to Alexa's analysis, that would explain why the ATM is in both the gray world and the colorful world. See, the ATM is a constant for Strong Sad, who is telling him the facts of life and how to live it, kind of like Auntie M does to Dorothy. When Strong Sad embraces his queerness and becomes animated by the cheat, the ATM then charges after him, almost as if it's rejecting this change, like a parent being defensive towards their child coming out to them. Which was the style at the time? It isn't until after the ATM has to confront its colorful self the self that was once young and needing of acceptance, that it gives our colorful Strong Sad colorful money, which is the care and affection that Strong Sad truly needed. And I can't believe we missed that. I don't know, guys. I think that's a straw man argument. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> well, well, speaking of, you have Scullivan on that little on that little uh, bike, right? Like that is like the closest thing maybe that we have to the scarecrow. But then like there even is a moment in like the split screen with like death, which could be like the wicked witch. Yeah. And you know, even Scullivan like shows up and they're like bouncing in next to each other, I think. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the scarecrow is the one that went up against the witch first. Wait, in the movie. Who's Skelevin, first of all? Is that that little <laughs> that little skull? Well, that's the name we gave to that little skull on the little bicycle with the green tentacles. Why did I believe that that was an actual name for this skull? And that feels so <laughs> real to me. Like <laughs> true Cuz it's real to us. Right. It's also the true Homestar fans here just know the lore so much that you would name it Skelevin and I would believe it. Uh, so <laughs> Skelevin, you're right, Scarecrow could be a Scarecrow situation. I also thought that was death almost being reborn into a tiny little skull man. <laughs> like, All that little... death exists in both yeah. realms and they're they're the same thing. And it, it was just little baby a little baby skeleton. Oh, it's like and it's like something not quite as nearly as scary as as uh because, like, death is, is scary to some. Yeah. Especially when you're faced with your own mortality. But it can also just be a cute little tentacle. <laughs> She's just on a bike but or something. If I'm on my deathbed, that's what I want to see coming in. It's yeah. <laughs> a silly little guy. If you come out and you live authentically, even death is not as scary. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, oh, yes. Ooh. Because you're living as your true self. Lindsay, that was, that, that was like a deep line right there. I love it. We all went like, oof. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 
gosh, yes, absolutely. Like, I just like that, you know, death seems like really bored in the black and white world. It's like, listen, this is what I do. I have I have a cloak. I have my little scythe thing. Like, this is what I do. And then in colorful land, it's like, you know what I want to do? I want a bike. I just, <laughs> I just want to go around in a bike, you know? Oh, there was like a part where like Cheetos were coming, like Cheetos, not Cheetos, Fritos. But then again, it would be Cheetos because they look like little cheats coming out of his hands. Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah. They're, they're so little, that, cheats. That's little cheats. Like, I like that I call them Cheetos because it's like... <laughs> what that's what the chip version would be of the cheat it would be cheetos but they're actually fritos so but in this world they would be cheetos i i just love the idea of a bag of cheetos but it's like it's like cheetos with like the cheat yeah it's like they're, they're actually fritos i could so easily see the cheat oh as God. one of those like 90s craft macaroni and cheese shapes uh <laughs> When they would do them shaped as yeah. characters, I could see the cheat as one of those. I would love that, honestly. I would eat that every day, and nobody <laughs> has to dare me to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that saves me a dare. <laughs> and I think it would be like cheese and pepper flavor because it's like the cheat <laughs> colors. Uh, I think that might be a metaphor, uh, like the cheat coming out of the hands. Like it could be allyship. You know, because I feel like the cheat is very supportive of both Strong Bad and Homestar. Well, this is something I wanted to ask you is, you know, the parts of the video that are animated by the cheat. Was that uh, the cheat helping Strong Sad make a statement that he wasn't sure he was ready to make himself? That that could be it, and it could also be the cheat being like, I gotta put my signature in this, you know, because like, you know, because like you when you work with like in a very established filmmaker, in this case, you know, the cheat already kind of had his own type of experimental film, and you know, Strong Sad was probably like, I want to do that too, so, uh, you know, goes to cheat and is like, listen, I want to make a film about myself, uh, no reason, it has nothing to do with me, it's just a film, casual film. <laughs> You know, and you know, the cheat knows that she's very smart. So the cheat was like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to add some flourish because that's what I think you want. And she's like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, Strong Sad is probably like that and like saying, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, whatever. <laughs> no biggie. It's just a film about nothing, you know. And of course, I think the cheat with its expertise. You know, I feel like, yeah, absolutely. There, there was probably, and I think we've all seen that the cheat is very good about taking people's personality and portraying it in a very meaningful way in media. That's why Strong Bad bought him a pizza that one time. <laughs> Y'all thought I forgot about that, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I never forget about people buying each other pizza. Okay, Fair. So, <laughs> that is like it's one of your core love languages. <laughs> purest form of love and friendship okay just buying someone a pizza by the way buy me a pizza please uh my venmo <laughs> I, I know that strong bad and strong mad were like can we be robbers in your movie because it's so cool i don't think they asked yeah they probably <laughs> yeah that reminds me of when i tried to do a short film with my brother which was a big mistake but also it was it ended up working out very well but on set we were just fighting for no reason and i think it was because he was my brother and how dare i order him around <laughs> but it ended up looking good in the movie but i'm just saying that that's something that i imagined happened where you know 
they were just saying like, oh, let's be robbers. And then Strong said, it's like, that has nothing to do with it. Fine, just be robbers. I don't care anymore. And <laughs> so they're just wrong. And then turns out that ended up becoming part of the movie. And then it's because sometimes you see things in the editing room and you go, I never thought of it that way. And then you almost like say, we need to sh shoot like an extra scene now to make this make sense. Cause this I think is better. So, which is really the beauty of filmmaking in general is that sometimes you can go in with a plan, you know, and, and sometimes you might think, Oh, this is, I just want it to have this beginning, this middle, this end. And that's a movie for me. Okay. And then it's when you start executing it, uh, on set and you're like I prepared as much as I can uh, I'm going to use the elements I'm going to use everyone's weird attitudes about wanting to be a robber for some reason I have to give this skeleton a bike for some reason I don't know why you know and I have to eat this blueberry muffin I guess and it turns out like all of those elements end up becoming so significant uh, and I think that's also the beauty of, of experimental film too <laughs> this is my film nerdiness coming out I apologize but at the same time I had to use my education somehow because my parents will say I wasted a lot of time. But basically, I think that this was a very effective film. And I like that Strong Sad leaned on his friends with all of their weird quirks and ended up making something really beautiful. Thank you so much, Alexa. Take that, Los Angeles City College. Anyway. <laughs> Alexa, you have no idea how much I've missed you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like I was about to cry, like uh, seeing everyone again, because I was just like, no, I have to pretend that I was asleep for five years, but no, my glasses are fogging <laughs> up because I'm a little emotional. But, <laughs> but it's you know, I this is a really great way to come back. And uh, audience, I hope you feel the same way that we all kind of feel right now. It feels like we're all coming home. It's almost like we all made our little experimental film and ate blueberry muffins together, which is love, you know. <laughs> There you go. That's all she wrote. <laughs> well, thank you, Alexa. Thank you. Bye. Well. That was like the interpretation <laughs> section of every song on th that This Might Be a Wiki. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I don't, I don't even know what else to even bring up at this point. Do you guys have anything? It never occurred to me until now that we got Strong Bad and Homestar invading Strong Sad's movie less than a month after we got Strong Bad and Homestar forcing Strong Sad to be in their movie. Oh, yeah. Ah, that is a good observation. Maybe this is what inspired Strong Sad to be like, oh, you they call that a movie? I can do that. But better. <laughs> you know? Hey, we let you be in ours. <laughs> you made me be in yours. <laughs> you took my sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also uh, just very impressed with Strong Sad's effects work. Obviously, the cheat did most of the effects, but Strong Sad's ability to jump out of the film strip frame yeah. is, is incredibly impressive. There's so many things about this. Like, the one question that I kept coming back to was. Whose ATM is that? <laughs> I feel like it's Bub's. I feel like it's Bub's ATM machine. Maybe it's a cousin of the uh, drive-through whale. Yeah, oh. maybe. Mm. But we never. I don't. I don't think we ever see this ATM again. Is it possible that this is an ATM that Strongbad just kind of swiped at some point because <laughs> because the cheat of all of the characters would have been someone to hack it to play asteroids. 
Ah. Is it also possible that it is just an arcade machine that Strong Sad dressed up to look like an ATM <laughs> for the video? Because he didn't have access to a real ATM, but there are plenty of arcade cabinets in Free Country, USA. But that would also imply that the arcade machine that they have is secretly filled with money, so Strong Bad is just robbing himself. <laughs> <laughs> But we do see them dumping actual cash out of the ATM, and uh, most arcade games just take quarters, not full bills. So I want to play that that arcade machine. You have to put in a hundred. You have to give me a Benjamin <laughs> before you can get a new life. All right, we're bringing this episode to a close. Uh, special thanks again to our special guests. Kyle Carosa, Lindsay Smith, thank you both so much for coming back. Thank you for having us for like this crossover of our two favorite things. <laughs> yeah, we really appreciate being asked onto this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, on it, I I had no idea that you guys met like via They Might Be Giants. So uh, this is just couldn't have planned it better, folks. <laughs> Lindsay, if people wanted to follow you and and get more about you, uh, where can people find you? I'm not on a ton of social media. I think probably the best place is on Instagram. I'm the Linz, T-H-A-L-I-N-Z. I don't remember if there's a An underscore. underscore. Yeah, there might be, but there's probably also not that many other the lenses. But yeah, it's probably the best place to find me is on Instagram. Kyle, what about you? If people want more Kyle Carosa, where, where can they find you? Uh, I am also on Instagram under the name TV's Kyle, T-V-S-K-Y-L-E with no pesky apostrophe. Um, and that's you know, pretty much what my public social media has been reduced to these days due to my frustration with all the other ones. Uh, but you can also find my music at tvskyle.bandcamp.com, uh, including that upcoming at some point uh, They Might Be Giants tribute album. I'm very excited to listen to that in its entirety. David Ganzel, thank you so much for being my first guest host. It was amazing. You did fantastic. Why, thank you. It was my pleasure. I uh, wish David Spencer all the best, and when he's ready to return, I look forward to hearing him again. But in the meantime, I'm glad I could do my best to fill his shoes. Absolutely. We'll have to bring you back on again. And where can people find you on the internet? People can find all my links at doggins.com, D-O-G-G-A-N-S.com. Basically, all that's there right now are my links, but uh, you can find my various social medias, which I rarely check anymore because the world makes me sad. Um, <laughs> you can watch my videos on YouTube, youtube.com slash doggins. At some point this month, we will have my annual December-ween-themed D-list. Uh, at the time of this recording, I have not yet decided what the topic is this year, but I've got a couple I'm circling around for what to list in the Homestar universe this year. As you're hearing this, I just finished the final Tolkien Adaptation Month, which is uh, an increasingly ambitious project every year, but I'm very proud of uh, what I have out there. I look forward to it every year. I know this it's so sad that this is the last year, but I... I have been looking forward to this literally all year. Oh, thank you. It's not necessarily the last time I'll ever make a Lord of the Rings related video. It's just the last right. time I'll devote a whole month to it because uh, it always ends up requiring more all-nighters than I planned on. That is fair. As for this show, you can find us over on Twitter and Instagram at Uh Should we move over to Blue Sky? Should we, should we try to... 
find another social media, you you let us know over at our email, <laughs> how do you type with boxing gloves on at gmail.com. Now, we do still have a Patreon that many of you fine listeners have continued to support over the years and hiatuses. So, first of all, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, you're about to hear some of your beautiful names. And we honestly couldn't do this show without you. We thank you very much with every fiber of our being. We really don't deserve y'all. Uh, but you could find that on our website, pipedreampodcast.com, and, or in the description of this uh, episode. Also, because we only just mentioned it briefly during Alexa's segment, I'll be linking to Charlie Marlowe's experimental film in the description. It's a Homestar Runner biopic short film, in case you have missed the plenty of other times we've mentioned it on this podcast. Uh, it also has an awesome cover of experimental film by Go Child, and it is, it's awesome, and it's well worth the price of admission, which is, of course, free on YouTube. So please go check it out. Stay tuned for more weekly episodes for the rest of this month, and until next time, it's, it's over! It's a lion! Yay! It's a lion! <laughs> it's a lion! It's over a lion. Mazel tov, it's a lion. All right, Fahugwa Pod Mandos, roll call! Accordion Mike, Adam with two A's, a D and an M, Alex Price, Amber Fontaine, Bardpaw, Bennett Ballard, Bridget Machida, Charlie Marlowe, Dakota K, Detective Trogdor, Diego Lacamada, Don Flores, Friendly Local Geek, Item Crafting, Jay O'Neill, Joan McAllister, Joseph, Jubilation, Kentucky Kaiju, Kyle Carosa, Mac, Meta Mood, Mewtwo Queen, Michael Dunn, Miss Jukebox 8, Nicholas Villarreal, Old Doug, One and Only Danky, Rich Roll, Sarah Gaines, Sheep Launcher, Shutter Grub, Smiley's Beach Party, Song Telephone, Spencer Parks, Spawn Donical, Strong Brush, Sunset Appleton, Tiff Sykes, Whoop Doo, and Zab. Let's rock, rock on! Support us on Patreon! <laughs> <laughs>